All right, welcome back to another Lure Lab episode here on the Serious Angler Network. I am your host, Andrew Full, and you'll notice today is a little different. It is just me here on the screen. Uh, we as a team decided that we are going to start inviting on special guests to break down their favorite technique or technique that they are very good at and describe how they fish it, the rods, etc., everything to you. Um, we want to see how this direction takes place and going forward. So we'll be doing this for the time being, and we're going to be bringing on special guests every week. <coughs> I apologize if you hear me cough a couple times. I have just got over the flu, and I think I have a little bit of pneumonia setting in, so my I have quite a bit of shortness of breath, but we're just going to pound this out, so it's kind of fun. But today we have an awesome episode for you. Um, we're going to have a Finger Lake hammer on and who has also been up at Lake Ontario just blasting away on giant smallmouth bass. And we're going to be talking about blade baits and one very specific blade bait that me and our special guest here truly do love. I don't think anybody loves it more than Kurt does as I spill the beans. We have Kurt Hofig coming on. So without further ado, before I spill any further, let's get Kurt on. What's up, man? How's it going? How we doing? Good. Sorry about that little rant there. I completely spilled the beans, which is kind of funny. It's first time having a special guest on to discuss uh, technique and bait with all of our viewers and listeners. So I think it's pretty cool the fact that you are the inaugural one, and we're also discussing something that people really love in, in the blade bait. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, sorry to be here. I appreciate you having me. I love blade baits just about as much as anyone so i'm i'm, I'm happy to talk about them uh, yes so we can dive right into it let's dive right into it right so what is that blade bait of choice for you and why there's a lot of good blade baits out there and it's kind of like a jerk bait or it's kind of like uh, a lot of other lures all of them will catch fish but everyone has their favorite ones for me and it's been this way since i first picked up a blade it's going to be the binsky blade bait by Fish Sense Lures. I've got one rigged up right here. That's her, that's a half ounce. I don't know if that's a really good angle of her, but. It works. Rounds, three quarter ounce Binsky, to me, is the is like the be all end all of blade baits. And I've used, I've used all of them, but the more I fish it, the more I just kind of hone in on that bait as like my, that's my confidence lure, especially when the water dips down into the colder temperatures. And uh, that's the one that, that gets them in the boat for me. Is it because of like the rapid startup and how it always runs true every time? Is that the reason why you yeah. kind of see yourself going to the Binsky over everything else? The biggest thing with it for me, why I like it the most is a few, there's a, a bunch of reasons, but the biggest one is going to be contact mm -hmm. and we'll go into that as far as working the bait. Uh, but contact is the biggest thing in, in blade bait fishing and being able to feel your blade perfectly and knowing exactly what it's doing and have it engage as soon as you lift your rod tip. As soon as you lift your rod tip, have that bait engage and having like ultimate control over it. I think that the Binsky lets you do that better than any other blade bait I've ever used. Hmm. Uh, and a, a couple of things profile to me when you look at it, it just looks like the best one. I think that's that's part of it as well. Yeah, uh, I, I was going to say I love that cone head design where you can tell right. that the weight is almost like nose forward on it. And I think that's part of the reason why you have such good contact with it because that nose hits the ground so solidly as to where a lot of other blades on the market, that weight is on the belly. 
Right. Usually. And we're upswept backside. Yeah. In how a lot of blades, like uh, they, the, the original designs of them, you know, it would be like more of a, a flat profile and the back would sweep up. Where the the Binsky having like more of like a downward shape to it, I think is like a little bit more of a natural look, and it lends itself to being like a just an ultimate control kind of lure. Yeah, that's a great point. So let's kind of dive into the setups, right? So what setups do you like to use to throw the Binskys? Like, and I know there's what four different sizes. Was it quarter, half, quarter, three eighths, half, three quarters? Three sizes. So quarter, half, quarter. Yeah, that's right. Size. And they cover cover a lot of ground, and there's like a huge application for all of them. I use all of them, um, but yeah, and I and I kind of vary my setup according to the the, the weight of the lure. Um, essentially, for my for my half ounce rod and my three quarter ounce, this kind of covers it both because you got to think it's a treble hook bait, and when you're fighting fish, you kind of got to think crankbait. You know, it's not something. It's not like a frog in the lily pads where you're just like cr- like winching them in. Um, once they're hooked up, you got to have something that has a little bit of give to them, especially with smallmouth. You know, everyone knows smallmouth fight like crazy. This is like a really smallmouth dominant lure. And um, so I, I lean a lot towards like medium action rods. Casting or spinning rods work fine. It's not really kind of preferences. For the half ounce uh, and three quarter ounce, I prefer a casting rod. Um, I got one rigged up right here. That's a 100 size Daiwa Tatula. And we have a Fenwick Techno PX seven foot medium, um, a medium action. I find to fish it really well, uh, something sensitive. You don't have to go crazy and break the bank, but something I found a rod that has a, a quick tip to it. And what I mean by that is an industry standard. When you look at like a, a picture or a illustration of rod actions, you know what I mean? I like a rod that doesn't really move a whole lot on the tip. So it's really, it's, I don't want to call it stiff, but it's really responsive. You know what I mean? I don't like a rod that has like a really mellow tip on the top section. You just want something that pops back relatively Right. Quick. I want something that, that, can, that can be instant. As soon as I pick it up, it's instant. Um, and, and this, this Fenwick Techno PX is like super instant. I have great feel with it, but it's a medium action. So when you load that rod up, you know what I mean? You can keep these, these little treble hooks pinned because a lot of times fish are going crazy. And uh, the small mouth can be hard to keep buttons sometimes. And then, what length is that rod real fast? That's a, say that's a seven foot. You know, you this is a technique where you don't want to go less than seven foot to me. You can go anywhere from like seven to seven six. Um, but once you go less than seven foot, I find you just like lose a lot of control because it's like a rod up technique, yeah. right? And the more reach you have, you don't have to go crazy and use like an eight, nine foot rod, but the more reach you have. Um, the more you're going to be able to control it. If you're using like a six six, I find you kind of like end up just losing your bait, and you're not able to control it as well. Now, if you're vertical fishing it, could you go per se with like that shorter rod? Definitely, you can. Yeah, casting obviously uh, it lends itself to having like a slightly longer rod, not for distance, but for control. Vertical, it probably doesn't matter nearly as much um, as far as as far as the length goes. And now. But, yeah, got it. And are you a braid to fluoro type guy, or are you a straight fluoro? When you I've fish? I've been around the gamut with all the different lines for this. And when I was first uh, getting into blades, I was fishing on straight fluorocarbons, like straight twelve pound fluorocarbon. That's a great way to fish it. Um, for me, I've just noticed a huge difference in landing fish. Not necessarily working the bait, but landing fish with braid. Um, and this is a this is a twenty pound braid. Um, for the half ounce with a 12 pound fluoro leader. 
Um, I don't really use the 20 for strength as much as I do for dirt uh, or, or for diameter, right? So I, I find with a little bit thicker line, 20 pound, not that that's like a really thick line, but as far as like a treble hook bait goes, this 20 pound, because of the diameter of it, I can work the bait slower because it kind of grabs the water a little more and I can work the bait slower with 20 pound than I can say with like a really light braid. Um, when I go to the quarter ounce, that's when I, I generally fish a quarter ounce on a spinning setup. Um, there's a 7-1 Dobbins Caden, medium light, um, 2,500 Vanford, and I've got like an 8 or 10-pound right in there. I don't really remember. And then a 10-pound lead. Um, I find the spinning rod is it helps you control a little quarter-ounce Binsky. That, um, and the quarter-ounce is one of the most deadly ones. I feel like it's it's probably one that a lot of people really sleep on is that small size. But if you have like a good opportunity of a low-wind day, that quarter-ounce can be super, super deadly. And it'll get down pretty quick still on that like 10, 8, 10 pound braid and 10 pound right. floral, which is yeah, nice. It's a small profile bait. I mean, only being a quarter ounce, it doesn't have any plastic attached to it or it doesn't have anything else. So <laughs> it gets down super fast. It's really compact. And even if, though it's a quarter ounce, you can fish it. Once you get the roll with it, you can fish it in like pretty more gnarly conditions than you'd expect. Yeah. I've noticed the same. Unfortunately, I've yet to catch one on that small one. Like half ounce is my happy place when it comes to the Bisky, yeah. but I'm usually fishing it in 30 to 50 foot of water. So for me to have that feel in contact and fish it as fast as I want, I always just opt for a bait casting setup and the right. half ounce Binsky, It's There's nothing better. <laughs> Half ounce is the go-to, and that's one. If I were to like uh, give people pointers on start or a blade bait in general a half ounce is like a really good one to start out with because it allows you to kind of get that concept of of contact the best um once you kind of get the feel for the half ounce obviously the three quarter ounce as well but the half ounce once you get the, get the feel for that the quarter ounce um is should be next up for you because that can really really smack them fantastic i have a bunch i just and i usually have one tied on when i got that blade bait bike going but Usually the issue for me is once they start eating the blade and you have that the right color and the half ounce, they just don't stop until the school just like disappears on right, right. live. So I'm like, they're, oh. if, they're, if they're already nailing the half ounce, it's like, I guess that goes with any lure. If they're already nailing it and there's no need to switch, but sometimes yeah. when they're being finicky and I grew up in New Jersey with super, <laughs> super pressured fish and it really taught me a lot. And sometimes going down to that quarter ounce makes a huge difference as far as getting bites. Got it. So if you had to choose three colors of Binsky's for anybody to go out and buy to learn how to use a blade bait, specifically the Binsky, what three colors would you tell people to purchase and use and why? Uh, okay. There's a lot of good colors that they make. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to nail it all down. If I had to pick three for someone that's getting into it, first and foremost, this is obvious. Everyone knows I'm already going to say this, but the silver. That's the most classic color. Every blade bait they make in a silver, um, but the silver catches any species, no matter the time of year. Um, the silver is is like a really really good go to. Uh, can be easily mixed with gold, but I'm gonna just say silver to kind of keep things simple. Um, the next one I would say, if you have a little more stained water, is the chartreuse blue. The chartreuse blue. I don't have one on me right now, um, but if you go and fish sensalures.com, you can you can peel through all the colors. Um, chartreuse blue is a dynamite color for not only smallmouth but lake trout. Walleye love it. Um, kind of everything loves it. Uh, that's like a really good color. And then the third one, 
would be, and this is a this is kind of a strange one that took me a while to kind of get into. And it was actually Steve, the owner of Fish Sense Lures, that that wow. really is the red. red. The red is not to be slept on, man. There's there's been days I've had out there, and more so, I've really gotten into the red the past like two or three years, like the past like two years in specific. There's been days. I have my buddies in my boat or I have clients in my boat and everyone's like, dude, give me one of those reds. I don't want to be fishing. Any the red is just going off. And I don't know what it is. They call it red crawl. I don't know if they think it's a crawfish. I don't know what they're thinking down there, but there's been days that the red really, really takes over more so on our inland lakes and the finger lakes. I haven't really experimented with it as much on the great lakes um, a little bit, but uh, on, the, on our inland lakes, the red really, really takes over sometimes. Hmm. It's very interesting. I wonder if it has something to do with like, how shallow fish are like on the Great Lakes. I wonder if they would eat that red more shallow than mm -hmm. like when they'd eat that blue and chartreuse or a gold and silver or like the sexy shad. So right. oh, yeah, that I have some of the red ones. And I'm like, I haven't figured out where I want to throw this. So I haven't yeah, thrown it. It's, yet. A, it's a weird when you look at it and, and they did a beautiful job with the colors. Oh. It looks, looks gorgeous, but just the red, the concept of red is one of those things you look at it and then your just instinct is to go grab the silver one or the gold one, you know what I mean? Because it's just m more natural for the angler. But uh, that red is something I've, I've I've built a ton of confidence in. And like I said, there's some days where it was like everyone in the boat wanted the red. Hmm. And it catches yeah. muskies, it catches walleyes. Uh, there's a couple finger lakes that have muskies in them. And for whatever reason, they really like come unglued on the red, on the red Vinsky. I don't know why that is, but. Just but something different. Yeah, sometimes exactly. that's all we can point it down to we may never know why but it's something different and it works yeah so that's exactly kind of, that's really neat so one last one <coughs> before we let you go here kurt but uh where do you target bass during the fall with a blade bait as far as location uh it's going to vary depending on 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 the body of water that you're talking about it's a it's a relatively deeper presentation that that doesn't mean like it always has to be deep but i'm definitely not throwing in areas that are like say less than 10 foot um that's kind of like more of a swim bait game or something else but um anywhere i'd say my target depth is anywhere from like 15 to 40 feet um that doesn't mean you can't go deeper than that and with lake trout we certainly go deeper than that but smallmouth largemouth anywhere from that 15 to 40 foot range is is the best and that's a that's a big area you know what i mean every 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 place is going to be a little different um really sharp rock transitions is a, is a good area for it if you're in a reservoir you go to the dam in the fall whatever where find the dam in the reservoir it's usually got a <laughs> rock on it that's a really good area to catch a lot of fish also lose a lot of baits but yeah. that's that's part of it with with any lure um but a dam is a really good spot offshore. Any kind of you look at anywhere on your on your topographic map and you find something that looks juicy. That's going to be an area as far as like drop off shoals, um, transitions between different bottoms. So I've been on the Great Lakes. We've been really slamming them on a on a clay bottom. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if that's warmth. I don't know exactly why those fish are there, but the clay. And then you find like boulders that are next to the clay and I'll side image or side image around and it'll be blank, blank, blank bottom. And it's clay down there. And then you can find these certain areas that just all of a sudden you'll just see a bunch of boulders and a lot of fish will kind of be on the edge of those boulders where the kind of clay transitions into the rock. That's a really good area. Um, but those kind of those classic fall schooling areas and, and listen to your electronics. You know, a, a lot of times it depends. 
on the fishery. Some of the smaller lakes I don't graph around as much just because I know them a lot. The bigger areas up on Lake Ontario and uh, and, and our bigger finger lakes, uh, a lot of times I won't even really fish too much if I don't see them on my electronics first. Um, and fall schooling smallmouth, you're looking for big, giant groups of fish. And a lot of times you see them first, and I don't want to waste my time fishing for nothing. So I like to see them. On, even, even on your 2D, 2D is a really – is a kind of like a becoming a little bit of a lost art in the fishing community, but I use 2D like all the time when I'm out there, and I, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of confidence in the 2D, and uh, it's how we found some some really good pots of fish. You got to get some mega live on that boat. I guess so. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a topic for another day, but I guess so. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of fun when you can see your blade made out like 55 feet in front of the boat, and you can see it flicker. And you can watch the smallmouth literally chase it back to the oh, wow, and that, down. And all of a sudden, you'll hop it. And as it's coming down, you can watch them come up in real time and smoke it. Right, right, right. So, that's you know, interesting. Really drive you nuts once you figure that out. Like, right, why yeah. won't they eat? <laughs> yeah, my eyes would just be... If I had that on my boat, my eyes would just be glued on it for the next 50 years. I know that much. Yeah, until something even more insane comes right. out. <laughs> and I lied. I did say that was the last question, but I did forget. I wanted to ask you... And this is kind of an important question with the blade baits right now. There's the multiple holes on top. Mm -hmm. What, what are those holes for and why are they so important for the presentation? Right. So it's going to change the, all blades. Well, most blades have a few different holes. Let me get this up close there. The Binsky has four different holes. I don't know if that's really too visible. The Binsky has four different holes. If there was one that I had to pick, Without a doubt, it's the third hole from the front. So if you're counting from the eye, one, two, three, that is the one, that's the position that to me gives you the best contact and the quick vibration. Uh, the second, the, as you move the, the clip farther forward, it's going to be a little less consistent vibration and you can pull it up farther with like a, like a crack of the rod, you can pull it up farther and get less vibration. So sometimes that's a good thing as far as being a little more subtle. So the farther you go towards the front, the more subtle the vibration is gonna be, the farther back, the, the more aggressive the vibration is gonna be. But as far as contact, either the third or the second hole are, are the best bet. And, and I would definitely recommend everyone that's starting out that third hole from, if counting from the front is, is, is the one that I, have a lot of confidence in. Yeah. Thanks, Kurt. Appreciate all the tips that you laid out for our awesome viewership here. Is there anything that you want to touch on before I let you get out of here and get some sleep before you got to unshovel yourself out to go fishing tomorrow? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the, what the, what the weather brings, but I'm just, uh, I'm excited to have this. I love fishing in the fall. I love being cold out there and uh, getting on some fall schooling fish. So I'm just, I'm excited to see what this fall has in store. And I know you're, you've been out whacking them, uh, steelhead fish. And I see your pictures every day, dude. You guys yeah. are crushing. Yeah, one of these days we'll get you to come out if you get a break. I would we'll love go, to. We'll go I, stream fishing. Fishing as much as I would like to, um, but the like the tributary kind of thing. But I, I've, for some reason, I've had like a big urge to do it this winter. So maybe we'll have to link up. Yeah, try we'll it figure out. it out. Because I still want to come catch some Atlantics on top water like we talked yeah. about last year. So. It did that bite never really happened as good as previous winters uh this past winter but uh, i'm thinking things are going to be a little different this year so we'll, we'll get you out there fingers crossed well i want to say thanks for joining us here today kurt and i'm going to let you go here as i wrap things up and uh i'll shoot you a text in a little bit and i want to say thank you for joining absolutely thank you for having me man i always yeah. appreciate it. yeah thank you you have a good day man
Take it easy. We'll see you. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in to this awesome, to this week's awesome episode here on the Lure Lab, talking about blade baits with Captain Kurt Hofig down there on Cayuga Lake in Lake Ontario, absolute Finger Lake hammer. But as always, <coughs> always, if you're tuning in on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button, the thumbs up, leave a comment down below what your favorite blade bait is to use. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave us a review so it helps us bump up to the top so more people can view and listen to each episode of The Lure Lab. But until next time, we appreciate you guys and we'll see you next Saturday.